Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here this week with two co-hosts, producer Matt Littman and Kalev Bendor, who's not the producer, but is still a part what of the am team. I? What am I, Mike? What are you, Not Kalev? a guest. Not a guest. Not You're a not producer. A guest. You're not a producer. A deep philosophical question for us to discuss this morning. That's right. What well, is in the original Chop- chopped liver? I mean, what am I? <laughs> well, our topic for today is challenges to the coalition. But I will say the original name of this podcast was the Teacher's Lounge, where the teachers would get together. And then as we started doing more and more interviews with people outside the staff, and as we moved to Masan, we became the Israel Conversation. But in essence, it's still the core mission is for teachers to reflect on what's going on in Israel so that Masaf fellows and people who care about Israel, spend time in Israel, have a better understanding about what's going on in Israel in a little bit more depth in English. And we as teachers think we are helpful with that mission. We may be fooling ourselves, but uh, Kalev is definitely a team member. So let's talk about what we are calling, in a somewhat disputed uh, uh, discussion, challenges to the coalition. We know we've discussed in previous episodes that the coalition, the government is now 60 seats and the opposition is now 60 seats. The parliament is the legislative branch that makes the laws. The executive branch that runs the government, all the ministries, defense, health, uh, foreign ministry, prime minister are all in the executive government, which is the majority of the parliament. But here, after Edith Selman left, we now have 60 in the government, and it seems stable. There was some concern that as they came back from their Passover vacation, they wouldn't hold on to all 60 seats. So far, they are a little jiggering around. One of Matt's favorite moves was the Kahana resigning as religious minister to... I think that's a little too inside baseball. But if you want to explain your why you were fascinated by that, Matt, this is My your chance. Kahana rather than the Kahanists. <laughs> the name is coincidental. In... It's not a political identity. It just happens to be his last name. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just to give sort of a brief overview to it, right? There's this concept, because as Mike was saying, like the uh, executive and the legislature, right? That the, um, the government, to be, when you're elected to be a member of Knesset, you can then be appointed a minister, resign your position as the member of Knesset in order to take up the ministerial position and your party still gets to keep that slot that they won in the election. So in order to keep, and it's called the Norwegian law. So in order to keep um, any potential defectors from Yamina in line, they basically moved one of their potential threat defectors out of the Knesset and put the religious affairs minister back into the Knesset. And this sort of switching back and forth to me just seems Unusual. Let's put it like that. It's definitely foreign to what I grew up with. Well, it's certainly foreign to what we grew up with. Le tovu l'ra, for good and for bad, that. But um, just what I was going to say is that Bennett, I guess, you know, we, we could discuss to what extent he's been a good prime minister or not. Uh, I certainly think he's been he's been reasonable. That's my personal opinion. But as a politician, as someone who's got control over his Yamina faction, he's seemingly been been very weak. Um, there was, and, and I think what's interesting is, is that, the, you know, some parties have primaries, some parties, the members vote and some parties, the, the, the head of the party just, just picks the list. Mm-hmm. So that's the same with, with Lieberman in, in uh, Israel Beitena. It's the same with Yair Lapid in, in, in Yeshatid. 
And you're talking about how they construct the 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 list of who, because here in the party there's a list of politicians one to 120, and that's if you win six seats in Knesset, it's the number one through six get into Knesset, seven, eight, nine, and ten, etc. Keep their day job. So that list is very important. And you're saying that some parties hold elections and some parties it's just done by right. fiat. But the ones who choose, generally the leader, I mean, it's it's, it's cherry picking. You could mm-hmm. say that that's bad, but you could say actually, you know, you could have some academic, you could have some expert on something that in, in a regular primary, they, they'd never be voted in. But in this sort of situation, they can be. Anyway, generally, if a leader chooses a list, they have control over the list mm-hmm. bennett chose his own list mm-hmm. um but the people who came in straight away one became a renegade chickley chickley uh it did still man now has left the coalition there's words that another one has left you know he's only he I think only got seven or eight seats but the people who have come in on a cherry-picked list that bennett did have not been loyal to the path that bennett took which mm-hmm. I think, which I think, in, you you'd never have that in to this extent in in a list chosen by Liebman or in a list chosen by Yair It just wouldn't happen. So I think you could argue Bennett's been a decent prime minister, but as a politician um, who can control his faction, um, he's probably been quite weak. But I wonder if that's a reflection of the path that he chose, right? Because we talked about what are the challenges of the, or we're talking about what are the challenges to the coalition. And the fact that the coalition is so broad, um, and I think some of the Amina MKs, for example, Amichai Chikli, who you mentioned, was like, hang on a second, I didn't sign up for this. When I signed up to be part of Yamina, I signed up to be part of Yamina, like a right-wing party. And now you're putting me in it. Not to sit in a coalition with with uh, with Meretz and Labour, the most left-wing Israeli And relying on parties. support of Arabs? Like, what are you doing, Bennett? So, yes, you're right, his cherry-picking hasn't worked very well, but I think he cherry-picked, or at least the people who agreed to join him would, thought they were signing up for something else, and suddenly they've been given a whole different situation. So his loyalty, I, yeah, their I loyalty to him has true. been challenged. This is, this is my rant, which I actually think I've even given on this podcast before, that Bennett's challenges, he made, everyone made several promises before the elections. One was, one was he wouldn't sit with Lapid. Okay? One was that he would join a right-wing government although he did think that Netanyahu needed to be replaced. And one was there would be no fifth elections. And ultimately, Bennett, listen, it's, it's no mean feat to be the leader of such a small party and be prime minister. Ultimately, the, the, the head of Yamina is prime minister of Israel. But Bennett chose um, the fifth elections as his priority. And he compromised on other things. And I completely get why a classic right winger might not like that. I'd only say two things. It is a fiction that there was a right-wing government. Um, there, there, there was the numbers for a right-wing government. The numbers simply did not exist. Um, and the people who were so upset about having Mansour Abbas's United Arab List in the in in the government were actually many of those same people who actively tried to get him to join Netanyahu. That's that that that's 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 the first thing. Um, and the second thing is, I think when we look at the politics of the government, again, without judging if it's good or bad, I really think, you know, whether it's on Iran or on Syria 
or even on even even in terms of of building settlements in the West Bank. I don't think there's a. It's not like this. This is not a far left government. Yes, it has merits. It has labour. But if 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 I just describe to you what's been going on, and I said. You have to you have to tell me is this a Netanyahu government you know which is super right wing because of course Netanyahu prides himself on being Mr Security and Mr Right Wing, or is it a Bennett government full of these treacherous left wingers in inverted commas? I think most people would struggle to tell the difference. On a policy level, I'm not sure there's a significant difference between this government and the pre- in, in in terms of tone there is, but in terms of policies, I'm not really sure there is. So all of this shouting about how it's this left-wing government relying on terrorist supporters for me it's just a fiction so i get i get that it's difficult for yamina members but i i the the alternative was another election um and i don't think that it's not as if this government has sold out the country to whoever our enemies i just i just don't think reality reflects that anyway well first of all over now first of all i think everything you're saying is reasonable i would even say i probably agree with everything you just said i will just say as a ranter of many years from brooklyn new york and i realize i'm talking to two brits a british rant Khalif, is so much less than a new york rant and i just want you to know that as a ranter i resent your use of the term rant and i'm gonna now talk at length about why i think no just kidding that would be a dumb rant i was uh, hoping that you you'd rant i was i was said that was the that was the bit i was like beginning is, rolling so, up you know we don't know who i assume maybe maybe youngsters listen to this as well i'm not going to start Throwing in curse words, Mike. No, this, I, without this, this cursing. I'm, I'm a very, yeah, if I am, I am <laughs> child-friendly, lose-my-temper ranter. If you don't believe me, I think the last really big one I did on the podcast was on the one about discussing who should play Golden Meir or something. I just thought it was a ridiculous topic. But that's, I, I, I'll give you some evidence to support your point, which is that very often the opposition is voting against right-wing measures uh, and uh, the examples are escaping me at the moment, but but there was a family reunification, yeah, example, right? Family that was unification. One of the things that they used against Shickley, they said, if you're so right wing, right, why are you voting against? Why are you voting to against allow the to why allow you? West Bank Arabs to marry Israeli Arabs? If you, the, the 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 law prevented that, and this and not enacting the law allowed that to happen, which which right wing don't want West Bank Arabs. Uh, there's other other things to, uh, for soldiers in the army. In other words, I think that what you're describing, Kalev, is an all too prevalent. It's part of the zeitgeist of modern politics, which is it's not even about the policies as much as it is about the team and the identity and the tribe. And so, and 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 I think that's desperately un, unhealthy. I, I, you know, I don't think that's the place. And, and to think, give further support to what Caleb is saying, if you look at the other coalition partners, let's take merits and labor out of it. Many of, and maybe even Yeshatid, but many of those other parties would quite have happily sat in a right-wing government if Netanyahu had not been the leader of Likud, right? If yeah. you think about Gidon Saar's party, Lieberman's party, right? They are natural right-wing partners Bennett's for a party. right-wing coalition. Bennett's party, right? All, all of these guys would quite happily have sat, but they their problem was with the leadership as opposed to the other parties or the policies. Um, I think that led, lends further credence to what Matthew, I was I will strengthen your point even more. This is, this is a great podcast. Each of us says something, then the other one comes in to agree. Then well, we, this it's, is like, like, it's like the ultimate echo oh, chamber. God, this is a real love in this morning, guys. This is awesome. I all even right. think Bennett was... Bennett negotiated with Netanyahu. 
that that was his that you know that was his first you know so Saar and Lieberman were, were rejected Netanyahu they weren't willing to sit under any mm-hmm. circumstances Bennett was willing to sit under Netanyahu they didn't have the votes mm-hmm. I, I just feel like there's just been this alternative reality that's been created as if Bennett straight away like rang up Mansour Abbas and and, and Meretz and, and he 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 actively sought to create a right-wing government with Netanyahu as prime minister, they didn't. Netanyahu has failed four times Mm -hmm. to get 61 seats for a right-wing Haredi government. So at a certain stage, Bennett was like, okay, guys, like, let's go in a different, you know, you can like it or not, but you don't have the right to change reality and make up new numbers. Well, take a look you at Silman's complaints. You also don't have the right complaints. to pretend that Netanyahu didn't actively court Mansour Abbas, who he's now saying is a supporter of terrorism. Like, um, you know, let's have a bit of uh, let's have a bit of um, authenticity in, in in not in our argument, but in the general argument. Like we, I'm I'm old enough to remember it was only a year ago that McCory Sean were right were, were and 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 the channel whatever used to be channel twenty now it's channel fourteen were bringing out all of these right wing analysts to explain why actually Mansour Abbas isn't so bad. That mm-hmm. was when they thought he was going with Netanyahu. The moment he went with Bennett, he became a terrorist sympathizer. Guys, let's have a, let's have serious. Let's have serious political conversations where we tell the truth rather than just you know go with our team, as Mike said. That's adorable. That was color. closer. That was closer. Yeah, you get closer there. to around, wasn't yeah, it? That, yeah. Now you're getting somewhere. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. starting to feel it. There was even some some spittle actually. Even a came little, out of my mouth a little. There, Not enough, nice. but uh, yeah, I want to see some. I want to go from spittle to full frothing. Um, okay, but look still, at look at the got time. look at the issues that Edith Soman left on. Uh, that she said she left on. That she said she left on. Security guards at hospitals cannot check for chametz as people pe- cannot inspect people's bags for chametz as they inspect for weapons, which was already the policy from before that that civil uh, that uh, Supreme Court decision came in when Netanyahu was prime minister. It was already it already had been implemented, and I think anyone who understands democracy never really seriously disputed it. And the other issue she had complained about the week before was the Kotel compromise and how, you know, it's taking away the Orthodox character. That Bennett's party voted for. That Bennett's party voted for, that Likud voted for. Like, it's... it's, it's that everyone stri- voted for. Everyone. Now, now we're going for round three. The Natan Sharansky spent several years working on a compromise that the government, the Netanyahu government, voted for, that then when the Haredi media publicized it, the Haredi parties pulled back from it. Yeah. It's it's a difficult when a person has a, a, this is a terrible analogy when a person has a mood disorder of like anxiety or depression they don't need a trigger the anxiety is there and then it just looks for something to to to, to focus on oh what's making me anxious is this well it's not you're just anxious and you just found a topic you had to find a topic in politics that's always been there you want to find something in your opponent to argue with because you have enmity because they're your opponent how do i find something to argue about i i fear that it has it is becoming more central to politics and what you're describing as inauthentic political arguments is exactly that in other words we're just here to argue and so we'll just find anything to argue about even if it's not really what we think even if it's not really pragmatic and I think it's actually less in Israel than in some other countries. I think Israel's still a little bit not totally dragged into this uh, political tribal lost. warfare. 
I, 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 I think America is lost. I don't know how America can come back from where it is. I, I used to be very optimistic about, I always believed the, I'm not a Bill Clinton fan, but I always believed his maxim that whatever's wrong with America can always be fixed by what's right with America. And uh, we may have crossed that. We may have crossed that. I hope I'm wrong. I don't know. But in Israel, it's it, it could get there. It could get there. And, and part of it is part of it is a sense that uh, what unites us has to be much more important than what divides us. And so we don't turn. We don't look at the world that way. Yes, we will pick fights and arguments to so that our position will be highlighted. But we don't cast our opponents as betraying the principles of our democracy. We say we have a serious disagreement. That's 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 in a democracy that's the way you're supposed to play it. In other words, you're destroying the Jewish character of the nation is not the way to discuss rifling through people's backpacks for chametz. If you know, if you don't allow security guards at hospitals to 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 go through an Arab's backpack to look for chametz, like what are you talking about? So say, by the way, you can say, I support that policy. I think it's good. I want to keep the hospitals. But when you frame things as, and if you don't, you're destroying the Jewish character of the state. Stop catastrophizing. Stop putting policy debates as, you know, I saw a Facebook post recently. Somebody, a, a guy took a picture of himself without a mask on the butt. Finally, we have freedom and the democracy of Israel to, the COVID numbers are down. Thank God you don't need to. So the government released the policy. It was a perfect, you make, you can disagree with the policy. I don't understand why I have to take off my shoes and flights in America. I think that's a dumb security policy, but it's not a threat to the democratic nature of the United States that I have to take off my shoes before a flight. Stop putting everything in these, these like life and death, black and white. My policy decision is good. The other policy decision is evil. And, 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 and I fear that some of the anti-coalition rhetoric is dabbling in that. And I think that's what's See, that's, I, I, that's just I a was, different angle on what's frustrating you, Khalif. Right. So I was surprised. That was a terrible rant, by the way, Mike. <laughs> I know. Awful. <laughs> if you Lame. thought mine was polite, if you thought mine was polite, I mean, that was. No, no, dude, th th yours was a weak rant. That I would not even give the term rant. That was just me expressing. <laughs> um, I was surprised, Mike, when you started by saying that you thought that Israel's not there yet, because in my mind, a lot of the rhetoric coming from, especially from the opposition, yeah. is there, right? Oh, and yeah, Netanyahu's there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he, he's been there for a while. And, and Do again, you remember leftists have, leftists have forgotten what it means to be Jewish? Mm -hmm. Do you remember right, the, the leftists are putting Arabs on buses and rushing them to the, like, what are you talking about? BB or TB, right? Like all of these sorts yeah. of slogans that we've been no, having BB's to live there. with. Yeah. Um, he's there. And this, exactly as you were describing the way that Edith Silman presented that, her leaving the coalition was the salvation of the Jewish nature of the state of Israel. Thank you, Adid Silman, as though we should be bowing down to her and thanking her for saving us all. I mean, we, we, if we're not there yet, we're getting, uh, we're getting very That's close. That's hyperbole. No, Bibi's playing that game, but I would argue that Bibiism hasn't uh, dominated Israeli politics because, and the evidence of that is, as Kalev is pointing out, he has a lock on Likud and something like what? A quarter, uh, less than a quarter of the Israeli electorate supports Likud. That's it. He's got his base locked in and cannot, cannot hold power with that kind of dynamic. He's, he's burned people. He's, and, and, and so he's failing. Not entirely. He's still so, a player. So Mike, I think that's actually really interesting framing because 
the coalition is probably the the opposite. It's the opposite of everything you've said is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's you know a broad based issue where, and I think Bennett's Bennett's there. You know, it's, it's bringing everyone together because there's more that unites us and divides us, mm-hmm. and against that is um, a type of politics where um, the person I disagree with is is the enemy. Mm-hmm. But now the question is this, and this gets back to where we started. The coalition's been going for a year, but it's very weak. Mm-hmm. It might get toppled. Mm-hmm. If it gets toppled, who knows what will happen? But, but in, you know, I, I don't want to also exaggerate the stakes, but we've got two different models of not even policies of politics, how we do mm-hmm. politics, how we do discussions in Israel. And on on the up is the broad-based, let's try and find what unites us. Mm-hmm. But it's it's teetering on, on the brink. Mm-hmm. And so n- neither side's won yet. I think it, it remains to be seen what ultimately will happen. It could easily be that within two, three months, we've got elections again. And okay, the the Bibius camp four times failed to get 61, but they weren't far away. They were they were a couple of hundred votes away. Had we forget in the in the first election, Bennett and Shaked, I mean it's quite a it's quite a, a roller coaster ride for Bennett. Bennett and Shaked were below the threshold in the mm-hmm. first election by mm-hmm. a few hundred votes. What was the party quote then? Sorry? In other evidence of Bennett maybe doing a decent job as prime minister, but was never a good politician. Right. His party has have changed got, names how many times over the last? Yeah. Had they got those votes, Netanyahu would have got 61. Mm-hmm. He would have had one election. That would have been it. As in the, the, the gap is not large between a, a, a kind of a bibious coalition and an alternative coalition. So um, I, I agree with how you framed the politics thing. I just I, I don't think I don't think we're out of the woods. I don't. And by think... the way, just in case, just in case listeners are upset with my positions, it's not even for me. It's not about right or left, religious secular. It's about how do you how do you talk about people who disagree with you. Um, that, that, in some ways, is, is for me, is the framing. Well, I think as educators, it would be wrong for us to be advocating right or left. But as educators, I think it's right to promote the civic responsibility of what it means. You know, I, I was telling my students that a lot of things you do as an Israeli is you, you say, wow, you know, we haven't been able to do this in 2,000 years. I say, when I go to the ballot box, I'm not saying we haven't been able to do this for 2,000 years. The Jewish people have never been in a democracy before. And it, it, it is a form of government that protects the liberty of individuals, allow them, it is, for all the problems that democracy has, it's the best thing we have going for creating strong, I mean, I'm not getting going to get into a Jeffersonian rant at the moment, but it is something precious that is at the center of the Declaration of Independence of Israel's identity that needs to be protected. And I would argue, Khalif, that your framing of the vulnerability of that, right? The famous, oft quoted lately, you know, when Benjamin Franklin walked out of the Constitutional Convention and a woman said, what form of government do we have, sir? And he said, a republic if we protect it. And and, and that framing, you know, Maimonides says on the level of, as a personal psychological tool, Maimonides says, picture yourself your good qualities and your bad qualities as being on a scale 
and you're constantly trying to, because it's so even, you know, every good deed matters so much. And I, I think that what you're framing, Kalev, should off. I, I don't think that's a bad way to always think about your democracy. That, the, that democracy is something that exists because we will it to be. And so civic responsibility, citizen, good citizenship, is constantly improving the quality of a democracy. And if we take our eye off that ball, it, it may go... I'm going to kill this metaphor. You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 make a foul, I was going to say, but that's a terrible metaphor. It, 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 something goes wrong. You, every, it, it requires the majority's conscious will to make a democracy work. And so far, I do think it's, 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 it's precarious, but I have not lost my optimism. And, 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 yeah, exactly. And, and I, and I think, I think to imagine BB retires tomorrow, it's not going to solve all the problems, but it will, there will be a change in Israeli politics. I don't know that that's all good or bad, but but I think a lot of the BBism, I, I don't know what'll happen, but it but it's we're, it's a very dynamic young country and I don't know what's coming, but our I I I would argue let's keep your framing Kalev as a precarious democracy is always the way we should think of our democracy. Right, cuz also this thing that Kalev was talking about like the, in policy change in policy substance, right? There's not that much distinction. This is what you were saying at the beginning, but in terms of rhetoric and terms of tone, and when you were mentioning that and the way that you argue with your opponent, right, or and or the, with someone that disagrees with you, uh, I, I was thinking back to when Bennett made his, um, when he was making his first speech as prime minister. Remember there was the Bennett swearing-in yes. ceremony? Yes. And, and, the, and the members of the opposition heckled. were heckling, but like, as a parent, I would be appalled if my children behaved like that. Like, it was yeah. disgusting the way that they couldn't stop to let someone have their perspective. Now, again, it's not a right issue or a left issue or anything like that. It's a simple human decency in how you engage in a conversation with someone, how you engage in civics, how you are supposed to have respect for your opponent or your opponent or someone who doesn't agree with you. And that clearly, that respect was not demonstrated there at all. Um, and I think there's really... What you're calling babyism, I think, is unfortunately marked by a serious lack of respect, but it appeals to the base. He doesn't even call Bennett prime minister. Right. Doesn't address him as prime minister. And, yeah. and I think that's something which is very, very sad. But I, I think I think it's sad, and I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous, and you know, for a people who who say that our our second state was destroyed by the Romans because we were riven by civil strife, civil disorder. You know, the rabbis used the term sinachinam, baseless hatred. But what they're describing isn't some metaphysical whammy that because we committed a sin, God punished us. What they're talking about is actual history. Like while we were fighting Rome, we were killing each other, literally. Like the, if you study the, sec, the fall of the second kingdom, we were literally... In the middle of a civil war, as we were revolting against the Roman Empire, so of course we fell, and, and so that you know when it it, it should be it, it is part of the Israeli national myth. Begin at the Altalena, when 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 the still underground army Etzel, although the state had been founded, so now it was the United IDF, 
But in Jerusalem, they were still separate, and and Begin, as the head of the Etzel of the Irgun, was smuggling in weapons, and Ben-Gurion saw that as treason to the state. It, it was a complicated issue, but Ben-Gurion's solution was fire on it and sink it at sea with you know, a boat full of immigrants and recruits filled with armament that could be used in the War of Independence. And Begin gave the order to his side, don't fire back. They can shoot us, we don't shoot back, because I won't allow a civil war while we're defending ourselves from six invading Arab armies. And I, I have I, there's an interview that he gave in the 70s where he said, all I could think of in my head was the fall of the Second Kingdom, and I wasn't going to commit that same error. They can shoot us, but that, you can't have a one-sided civil war, and we will not participate in a civil war. And and, he, and 16 of his colleagues were killed that day. And that that is a, a, a part of the national narrative in Israel. But I think we sometimes lose track of it. We definitely lost track of it in the debates about Oslo, you know, which contributed to the murder of Prime Minister Rabin. And, and we always live with that danger. We always live with that danger. And I, so, I think we've seen that recently also, even with like all the COVID regulations, right? The way that hold on, Matt. Talking, I think your dog wants to comment on that. He wants to contribute. Give him the mic. Give him the mic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. He said begging. He said no, begging. Khalif, that dog knows how to rant. <laughs> you get to hear the joys the of Shaki. The dog is an old school um, Likud when it was still Cherut. Mm-hmm. Uh, big supporter of Begin. I actually think it's the anniversary of the Mapach when 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 Begin won. He's uh, in the 77. dog knows his Jewish history. Yeah, yeah, he's the right. Dog knows. Do you? That's the question. I'm hoping you can you can hear me through this. Otherwise, I'll yeah, have we to hear you fine. But... We're just picking on you. Okay, good. Um, that we saw that also. I think with like with the COVID regulations that were in Israel about the way mm-hmm. that people were talking about each other that weren't keeping the rules that they thought they should keep. Well, the other side weren't keeping, or this different group weren't keeping. The, the language that was being used was very, very harif. Like, uh, they don't deserve to be here. They shouldn't be part of this. Like, It's true. And that's also a little bit Middle Eastern and a little bit Israeli. But also, it's fringy. And it, it, it there's a difference what people yell at each other in the streets and what people... Uh, uh, how politicians talk in the Knesset, and there's always been in 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 the Middle East, in, in the Mediterranean region in general, there's a harshness that's very not British, and that's that's okay. Also, you have to recognize that that's how people talk, and they don't mean it. It's a little bit, you know, as a New Yorker who worked in the Midwest in Cleveland, I had to learn Midwesterners hear things differently than New Yorkers, and so I had to tone down the way I talked about things. So uh, it's not that everyone has to be polite and friendly all the time. You can have really harsh debates. But there's a, there is an underlying civility, which I agree with you, Matt. You don't you don't always hear. But I'm not uh I'm not despairing because I think Israelis get the united versus divided thing. And partially it's because we have you know, thousands of Iranian missiles pointed at our heads, and so we understand we're all in the same boat. But partially, I do think it's a young enough country with enough sense of self-identity and purpose that we'll get through the the angrier moments, the more divisive moments. I think so. But but it's important to each of us, really, 
to both promote that tor- that type of civil mutual respect and to uh, and to model it. I think in how we talk about each other, how we talk about fellow Jews, how we talk about fellow Israelis, I, I think we all have to model that kind of civil respect. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Of course, it's, it, can, it can be challenging. I, I struggle with it myself, right? I struggle with myself, like, um, of being respectful or, or, or speaking respectfully about Say, uh, yeah, different people from my people who are different. Oh, from shut me. up, Matt. That's such a dumb comp. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I, it does I get easier as you sometimes. get older. Yeah, you right. feel the heat rising. By the way, what I recommend is have a close group of friends who you really agree with, where you get to rant with each other. And then when you go out in the world, Form a it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, the podcast Make we other have... people listen to yeah. it as well and change the world. Yeah, but ha- yeah, have a real pressure release valve that you use sometimes. But in general, talking with people, I don't know. I find the older I get, the easier it gets because you 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 just I don't know the, the, that big picture of if I'm on a lifeboat and there are other people on lifeboat and I have a fight with a guy across from me on the lifeboat and I drill a hole under his seat so that water comes in to teach him a lesson. I understand. I mean, that's crazy. I'm going right. to sink us all. Like it's just. It's just, it's that framing that's so important, I think. And uh, I think most people have it intuitively. We do have a sense of tribal unity and destiny, which I think we can we can access when we look for it. That overwhelms our sense of division and disagreement. So, I don't know. I'm optimistic. Maybe I'm that's... glad you are. I'm glad you are. It, it encourages me because sometimes I don't feel that optimism. So I'm glad that you are because it... I'm happy to be swept along on your wave of uh, of optimism. Okay, but it's an optimism that requires us all to contribute. To do something. Yeah, yeah to make it work. Make sense? Makes sense to me. And Kalev, I've had it. No, just kidding. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that was my worst bit of the day. That enough was... of your optimism. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there you go. Can we have, have a rant optimism. against Mike's optimism, please, Kalev? One, two, three, go. <laughs> Tune that in didn't... next week, guys, for a true Mike rant. All right, well... Challenges to the coalition, challenges to Israeli democracy with, hopefully, a sense of purpose and mission that that creates its own optimism. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, I enjoyed this. I, I, I've convinced myself, I think, to be optimistic while we were talking, so that's always a positive thing. Um, and so till next time. Thanks, guys. We don't have to end the Zoom, but I am going to stop the recording because it is the end of the episode. Bye-bye. Now that we're part of Masao, we decided to add a cool new segment to each episode. We're going to call the Masao Moment. There are so many people having amazing experiences here in Israel, and we just wanted you to feel part of it and know what's going on. So enjoy this week's Masao Moment. Hi, my name is Marielle, and I'm on the Massah Israel Teaching Fellowship Program in Tel Aviv and Ramla this year. And I had the pleasure of attending the Massah Israel Leadership Summit this past week. I went into the whole experience very naive, and honestly, reflecting back on it, I don't think I would have done it any other way. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I learned in general and also about myself. There was a series of seminars, homerooms, small groups, and we had exposure visits. And I was able to learn not only about leadership and problem solving tactics, but also about various political issues in Israel. Funny enough though, looking back, one of the biggest takeaways wasn't something that could be learned, but was actually the connections I made. 
Being at a summit made up of people from over 17 different countries, I was able to talk to and become friends with some of the most interesting and genuine people. Not only was I able to learn about different cultures, but now that I know so many new friendly faces, it kind of makes Israel feel even more like home. This whole experience really reminded me that through Masal, I'll always be able to find a sense of community and just how much I can really benefit from trying new things and stepping out of my comfort zone. Masa Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the state of Israel. Masa offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out masaisrael.org for more info.